That's right, Mr. and Mrs. America and all ships at sea. I want to be elected. Welcome, Blatt, to the Blackcast. I am the candidate who wants to make podcasting great again. Did the- you say cannabis? I, I did. I don't know. Did I? Did you say welcome Blatt to the Blackcast? I did say welcome Blatt okay. to the Blackcast. I, I heard that. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Blatt to the future. Ooh. Oh, that was kind of a Blatt to Empire the future. Blatt. Yeah. Which is weird. Blatt and Blatt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ACDC. Blatt in Blatt. (laughs) In any case, uh, we're going to have a uh, much more highbrow conversation than uh, anything that's just happened in the last minute. No. Uh, In a moment. Doubt it. But who am I? I'm the Blatt in the Blatt cast, and these guys are the cast in the Blatt cast. You're more Blatt ass. All I know is that we're going to be talking about cocks. Uh, No, we're going to be talking about. Cocksix? You're very close. We're going to be. Isn't that the hanging ball in your throat? You're yes, close. Maybe. We're going to talk about caucus, which is a sort like of a, a gooey substance that you put between tile. No, that's caulk. Oh, and that's actually caulk. not how you say it, but oh. I know if caulking. I if I said that's caulking, then Jeff would explode. Okay, so we'll we'll dig explode. the bell when we say come, but nobody's digging the bell when we say cock. The fuck? Not caucus. Guys, guys, what guys enough, enough rooster talk. Let's yeah, thank move. you. We're going to have a uh, dick, dick, penis. <laughs> a very highbrow conversation, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, obviously, I am Christian Blatt, mm. as in Blackcast, on Twitter and Instagram, at Christian DMZ, and on Twitter and Instagram as at Will Sterling underscore. You are me? Is that what you're saying? Is Will Sterling. <laughs> the way you combine those is, and on Twitter and Instagram also, as at Will Sterling. <laughs> you hacked my accounts, Christian. Also me is, me is Jeff Duray, a.k.a. Captain EO. He's on Twitter and Instagram so, at Jeff Duray. So this is the episode you reveal that you're actually schizophrenic and yep. this whole podcast is in your mind. It's just yeah, you. Yeah, I'm Wade Wilson. I have all of the psychic chatter in my head and this I can't sort through it. the club of... Uh, Oh, and follow Tyler Durden at TylerDurden.com. Because <laughs> you can't really follow a .com, though. Anyway, uh, so we have a uh, very special guest tonight, my friend uh, Brian Perry, whom I've known for many years, mostly through uh, fantasy baseball, but uh, also in person. And uh, The only he- times I fantasize about baseball are when I'm trying not to come, but it like doesn't work because all those tight butts just oh, gets you every time, right? Uh, Jeff, you uh, know the microphone is on right now. Right? Wait, what? We're doing <laughs> a podcast. <Baseball> what? <laughs> he likes small butts, and he Shit. cannot lie. Let's make that calendar baseball butts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like a million dollars. As I said, highbrow conversation about <laughs> uh, the Nevada caucus, and uh, we're going to talk to my friend Brian, who is a newly minted Nevadaite. I don't think that's what you call people who live in Nevada. 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 Um, I get confused. Navidad. But uh, so Navidad. Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Nevadadad. Nevada. Nevadadad. Nevadadad. Da 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 da. Nevada that I'll bag dad, I'll bag mom, and all his little chiddlers. And with that being said, uh, joining us now, Brian Barrio, who, in addition to having a fancy title at the University of Nevada, Reno, is, more importantly, the commissioner of the Katana Baseball League on Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Katana? Yes. Commissioner. Welcome to the Blackcast, Mr. Barrio. Uh, that other voice you just heard is uh, our friend Captain EO, a.k.a. Jeff Duray, who is from New England, and he immediately 
his ears parked up when I said the Quintana Baseball League. Why don't you explain the backstory, Mr. Barry? Because I know that's what you are here to talk about today is the Quintana Baseball League. Well, yeah, I mean, it is draft season. It's time to talk fantasy baseball. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to being the commissioner, you forgot to mention that I'm also the two-time champion. Two-time champ. Wow. Uh, Malibu's Most Wanted, I believe, right? Correct. Like Jamie Kennedy. Are you still Malibu's Most Wanted, or are you now Reno's Most Wanted? I'm afraid to kind of tip my hand on that right now. Uh, Hashtag no spoilers. No problem, bro. Yeah, we're, we're probably going to have to go to a Reno-based name. Um, and since there's only one uh, one Reno reference in the history of media, uh, the team will probably be Reno 911. That's going to be great, though. Nice. I'm excited about that. So, the uh, but uh, Carlos Quintana, is that uh, our friend that it's named for? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure uh, whether he's living or dead. He was a mediocre first baseman, overweight, um, underachieving for the Red Sox in the early 90s. So, uh, naturally, we had to name our league after him. Jeff, does that uh, satisfy your quench no, from I thought from you me? said katana, so I thought they were playing with swords. Oh, like, with swords. Instead of a bat, um, you slice the ball with a sword. That was now, a way better fucking version of baseball so far as I'm just, concerned. Just to give you the tenor of the crowd that I roll with here on the Black Cast, Mr. Barrio. Uh, Jeff, I'd like you to explain why it was that you missed... The 2004 Red Sox winning the World Series. I did not get to witness any of that because I was locked away at bad boy school because I had a troubled childhood. <laughs> so when did you actually find out that they won the World Series? I always forget how long it was. Um, Probably like December, <laughs> April. Yeah. Wow. No idea. Yeah. So you just missed the room. whole thing. Yeah, no idea. So what lesson does that tell the kids uh, at, that are listening? And we have a, a huge base of children who listen to the podcast. Mm. Stay in school. Don't get caught. Don't get caught. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, my, my kids never stop talking about this show. The black, well, yeah, obviously, wow. because why wouldn't... Wait, no, I'm thinking of Sid the Science Kid. Never mind. No, actually, that's the other guy we so have the here. Son of Bill Sid, the science guy. Sid, the science kid. Sid, 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 Sid. Anyway, my friend uh, Will is also here uh, on Twitter at Will Sterling underscore. What's up? <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk to Brian about baseball. No, although we should, we could so do. A, we could really, you know, break down the draft and. Brian's the one who I've gone, we've had the in-person draft where we go to Palm Springs for the weekend, and we spend, what, four hours uh, doing fantasy baseball? Was that two weeks ago? And No, no, that was a different Palm Springs trip. Oh. And we spent four hours doing a fantasy baseball auction draft, which is, you know, the best way to do it, the Lord's way to do an auction draft. But the rest of the time, drinking and in the pool, right? Yeah, no, yes, I think that's right, and... um it's a shame that we're not doing it this year, actually. I'm, I'm, I know. There was there was that, that early rumble about Scottsdale, but that fell apart. But that's all right. Next year. That darn baby. Yeah. Well, it's not my fault. <laughs> the older we get, the harder, the, the more excuses there are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and by more excuses, you mean just the more co- the higher collective number of children, of managers yeah. in the league. Yes. Let's bring the kids. Yeah. Well, that's when it'll actually work again. When we have like a, a twenty team league because everybody's kids need a team. I only still play fantasy baseball so I can spend a weekend not seeing my kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. But you recently moved to Nevada and you have a, a you know, you're basically like an Indiana Jones movie, your uh job history of just moving back and forth across the country and this was a much shorter move of from Malibu to Reno, which I understand is the biggest little city in America. 
Uh, it's actually the biggest little city in the world. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing. Uh, I love Reno. Uh, we went for you. Oh, I know the first time we went. You uh, graduated from law school, and you were just like, let's everybody hang out in Reno. And then you got married there. So those are the two times I've been to Reno. And it really is the greatest little city in the world. No, it punches above its weight. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like Vegas, where at the end of the weekend, you're like, oh, no, I didn't lose that much money. <laughs> or not. Or not. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's where. It, but, well, I was, I was going to reference, like, follow the Aussie and a lot of inside, uh, inside baseball, but that's not what we're here to talk about. You now live in Nevada. Nevada, right? That's yeah, how I'm. Nevada, or this is going to get ugly. Yeah. Well, no, I realized. That, were you someone who said Nevada, or did you have to adapt when you married someone who was from the border with Nevada? No, I'm from New England. You mentioned that earlier. Uh, if you're from New England, you you pronounce everything else incorrectly just to show your disrespect for it. Oh, like like aunt, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I actually call it California. <laughs> <laughs> but by by being a recent transplant, aka carpetbagger to Nevada, you got to partake in the Nevada caucus last week, and oh, it's okay. one one of those things that it's so baffling. You know, just the caucus system. What were your Was there impre- a black caucus there? How big was it? Stop it. It was bigger than the rest. Usually is. Anyway, no one needs to answer <laughs> that question. No, no one needs to answer Not that question. Not a lot of Asians in Nevada. I bet they got a small caucus. All right, that's enough now. We'll move on. <laughs> but here's the thing. You probably had an impression for what the caucus was like, and it seemed crazy. You know, uh, did it live up to your expectations or were you just not prepared? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think I've, I've heard of these caucuses like everybody else. And now I can't get the, now I can't get the cock joke out of my, out of my, <laughs> ah, yes. and that's why, <laughs> yeah. that's why, that's why Jeff went to bad boy school. I'm shocked he wasn't in there before we started. Yeah. Uh, no, what, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Freemasons. Like it's this weird, it's this weird event that you know goes on and but you have no idea what the details are um and somehow it's used to elect a president like the stone cutters to bring it back to the simpsons yeah yes very okay. similar to the stone cutters or the, or the lodge that fred flintstone belonged to which i think is the water <laughs> buffalo they, they were the water buffaloes uh so it's this weird thing it was it in, in you know you obviously can't have access to it unless you live in one of these i don't know how many states there are there's something like eight um and I always wanted to go, and I'm not, you know, I'm not that super politically active. Although I did drag you to a, to an odd um, libertarian. That was really amazing, actually. That was no, that that was no. We went to a Friends of Abe thing together uh, with Andrew. But what was that? That was the uh, the, the Hancock uh-huh. Park Patriots. Yes, and I'm ashamed to have ever been involved. Do you still get emails from them? Course. Yeah, well, I gave them my work email, which I don't have anymore. So, yeah, so that, that was the, that was the only thing that I did right that day. But you're politically minded enough that you're like, no, I'm going to do my civic duty, and also everybody likes a good mystery. Let's get to the bottom of what the Nevada caucus is all about, right? Yeah, I mean, I had to go inside. It was my chance to go, and I've, I, I really, I really am kind of an election geek, and and um, was certainly interested in how these things work. So. You know, I've been I've actually been excited about this since I moved to Nevada and had my opportunity to go the other night and it was just a complete cluster. Yeah, uh, and As you know I, I kind of live blogged it on Facebook just because I couldn't help myself. I didn't want to. 
I wasn't trying to mock the political process, but I could not help myself. It but there was there was so, so much to say, you couldn't help yourself. And I was mesmerized by it. And because of that, I had you on with uh, our friend Michael Hausen on his uh, nationally syndicated radio show. Because I was like, have Brian on. He's going to tell you what this caucus is all about. Because people, is it just Iowa and Nevada or... No, there's actually some other lower-profile ones. I mean, obviously, it's it's such a ridiculous way we elect presidents in general here, um, in that there's like five states that are relevant in most most election cycles. Yeah, that's so true. By the time the other states do their caucuses, nobody gives a shit anymore. Can I say that? Yes, you absolutely okay. can. Um, so, you know, Nevada and Iowa are the two that anybody cares about, um, and then the other ones happen after everything's been settled. Right. So. It- Anyway, so it's just, and I'm glad that you were able to share it with a wider audience. Not that the Blackcast doesn't get a good 700 downloads an episode, thank you. Um, but it was those posts on Facebook that made me realize that, like, oh, this is this is amazing. So I'm going to read some of your posts on Facebook, and I'll let you kind of expand upon it. And, yeah, that's great. And the first one, which is great, and this is your post, someday my kids are going to ask me what I did when Emperor Trump was seizing power. And I'm going to tell them that I marched right into this middle school, looked at the people around me, and wept quietly while Googling how to gain Australian citizenship. Hashtag Nevada Caucus. So talk a little bit about the middle school, the people there, and just the general vibe, maybe even before you get into the building. You know, what was the feeling like when you basically you park your car and pull up to this place? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I've never lived in a state that's even... um remotely that, that that could possibly have a relevant Republican primary or caucus. I mean, I've been, I lived in California and New England where, um, you know, those are the states where when Ronald Reagan wins 50 states, one of them, the one that he loses is, is you know, my state. So it, it, this is the first time I had a chance to actually go to a relevant Republican event. Um, so I thought this will be really neat. It, it's, um, you know, there'll be, some, there'll be some nice, solid American citizens here. And I pull up my car to the middle school, and I start walking in, and this guy parks a pickup truck right in front of me. Looks like a really clean-cut, you know, middle-aged guy, and he's walking in next to me, and I'm like, this is great. These are, these are my folks. And uh, he turns around to me and goes, who are you supporting? And I said, uh, you know, I guess Marco Rubio. And I was, very, I was, like, as non-passionate as you could be about it, just to kind of, because I didn't want to start anything if he wasn't a fan. Sure, absolutely, yeah. He, he immediately started in on me, and, well, you know he's not a U.S. citizen, right? He's not even <laughs> eligible. And, and you know, the correct response to that is, no, you're thinking of Ted Cruz. But apparently neither of them are uh, U.S. citizens. Trump I didn't even Obama. know that. He's not a yeah, citizen. and Obama isn't either. But yeah. but that's not relevant to what was going on there in Nevada that day. Well, yeah, and, and I have a law degree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also a, a normal human being, so I know that he, of course, is eligible. Yeah, of course, um, <laughs> because he was poor. The, the guy, he goes on to explain to me why, and, and I realized, like, it was one of those situations where, you know, somebody looks normal, and three seconds in, you start getting that, oh, my God, this guy's batshit crazy vibe. Yeah, it's like when you realize they have a Raiders tattoo, which you didn't see at first. <laughs> or a Nintendo controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, he, he we, we get, so, so I, at that point, I, I, you know, went into how do I end this conversation as quickly as possible mode. Um, ended it, walked into the building, and then got in this, like, 12,000-person line to get my ballot. And while I'm in the line, I hear somebody talking about how, so and so is not eligible to 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 run for president, and of course, this guy is robotically repeating his spiel to every person he comes in contact with. It was like he was autistic. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, definitely not a citizen. Definitely not a citizen. Uh oh, Ted Cruz. Yeah, 
Yeah, but in the driveway, he was he did it to like you know twenty people while I was waiting in line. It was it was not good. It was a, it was an inauspicious beginning for the Nevada caucus for me. And as you assess the uh, people lined up, did you feel like it was a wide range of uh, ethnic makeup and age ranges, or who was in line there? It was like the same crowd. If Glenn Miller came back from the dead and with his orchestra and played a concert tomorrow, it was the same crowd. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing you said to assess that was actually a comment on someone else's uh, comment, uh, which was, this whole middle school smells of old lady perfume. Bad times. Saving America is not worth this. Yeah, no, I actually, at one point I was waiting in the line with all these... um, corpses to be and there was uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is horrible but no i i saw that there was like a little plaque with the name of the custodian of the of the middle school on it like you know mr jenkins of course all, all i could think about was poor mr jenkins is going to be scrubbing this perfume out of this place all day tomorrow <laughs> yeah that the next day they can't even open the school you know it's, groundskeeper willie <laughs> yeah groundskeeper willie <laughs> is in there stupid caucus <laughs> so, how were people dressed for this? Did they take it seriously? Did they feel like it was a professional event? Did they think that, you know, they should probably, you know, represent themselves well? Or what was it like? Yeah, I mean, I think I covered this on on, on the Facebook thing a little bit, that, you know, I, I was wearing a tie, which made me the only person wearing a tie within six or 700 miles, because it's Nevada. <laughs> right. Um, Although, but, actually, I think what you also pointed out was except pit bosses. Well, right. I automatically exclude them from everything. But... That made me wonder, and this is definitely an inside thing, was Carl the Pit Paws from the Silver Legacy there at the caucus? Did you see him? The other guy in the tie. I've got to think Carl's a Democrat. That could be a, that could be a whole different podcast. Right? Yeah. No, no. We'll have to talk about the uh, the douchebag pit boss at the Silver Legacy, which our friend Brian Belinich actually uh, bought a hat that said, we kick Carl's ass. <laughs> and to Carl's credit, saw it and kind of smiled and, and laughed and then threw us all out. But anyway... Uh, you also said, yeah, this is basically what you said. It sums it up. If you ever want to feel young, handsome, and sane, come to the Nevada caucus. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. It was, you know, it's, it's a funny state because the, the people here are, you know, the Republicans here are much different than the Republicans in, like, South Carolina, where, I mean, there, there's no, there's virtually no religion here because it's Nevada. I mean, it's, you know, everybody knows that. But it's, um, you know, a very independent-minded libertarian state, and that, that's the kind of people who came out. But it was, like the lunatic fringe of that group, and then me. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because you see the the tallies from some of these, well, some of the primaries, some of the caucuses. It was only a few thousand people that showed up in the whole state, right? Something like that? I mean, yeah. a, a couple tens of thousands. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I, I was, I guess, lowballing it. It wasn't 5,000, but yeah, it's it's not six digits. It's not 100,000, I don't think, you know? I, I could be wrong, but... And you just you look at it and it's like, oh, okay, so they they win with, you know, not that many votes, but uh, it's, you know, hey, a win's a win. And it's just it's just interesting because we haven't even gotten into the fact that, like, as we tell the story, you're not even in the room yet. How long do you wait in this line that is, you know, billions of people long? Yeah, it felt like about a thousand years, but I think it was 25 minutes or so. A lot of times. 25 yeah, minutes and, feels and, like a thousand years now because these conversations you're hearing in there are just off the wall i mean it's it, when you have it when you have this voting event at 5 30 in the evening and, it, and you know that's three hour commitment to cast your vote um you're not getting the casual um the casual voter who just wants to do their civic duty 
Let me ask an important question. If you were single and didn't have three kids, would you have spent your evening doing this? I mean, it depends. Am I into seventy-nine-year-old women? <laughs> I was going to say you could probably do some damage. Yeah, that's true. If you had yeah. a if you had a B. Arthur, Rue McClanahan, Ooh. you know, threesome fantasy that you'd always wanted to live. Blanche. Yeah. Will would like to get some Blanche. So yeah, I guess that would probably be the only reason that uh, somebody would come out, other than they just don't want to go home yet, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to really. I, I have a feeling um, I, if you're not one of the absolute, uh, you know, uh, political zealots. You know, you do this once and you never do it again because yeah. it's such a colossal pain in the ass. So they have separate rooms, or how does it work once you get to the front of the line? What happens after that? Well, yeah, you get, you know, you, you wait in this enormous line, you get your ballot, and then they send you off into these, into, you know, elementary school classrooms. So you know the size of those rooms. Um, it's it's no more than, I don't know, 60 people in a room. Um, and you go in there, and then it's like, I, it felt like, um, I'm trying to think of the old joke on the BBC. They, they had this, this fake game called, um, I'm going to blow the name of it, Morningtown Crescent? I, I, don't, I don't know if no I know. No idea. Yeah. Okay, I'm making obscure BBC references. No, I'm fascinated. I love obscure BBC references. But, but I mean, it's essentially, it's, it, like the rules of this, the, the guy's got a, a two paragraphs of rules, and I think there's more unwritten rules than rules on the sheet. Like, it does not possibly <laughs> equip you. The sheet does not equip you to get through this thing with votes done. Right. And the guy who's running the room, this was actually a story I didn't tell on the radio the other day, and it's actually, it, it was one of my favorite parts of the night. Um, we walked into the room. I was one of the first ones in, and there's this, this you know, kind of older gentleman who's, who's in charge, quote-unquote, and he's kind of got, he's the only, he actually was the other person with a tie on in the whole building, standing behind, like, a podium, and apparently, like, in charge of the room. But it turns out he is a, quote-unquote, temporary precinct captain. Now, why is that a temporary appointment, being a because precinct because the captain? the rules require a vote for who is the precinct captain for the room, right? So he, as soon as we get some sort of quorum in the room, there's maybe 20 people in there, he goes, well, does anybody want to run for precinct captain? I don't know anything else besides that. I look around the room. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a guy in a tie, and everybody else isn't. So I figured I'll raise my hand and run for precinct captain. By raising my hand, apparently, I was challenging his authority in the room. <laughs> like I was taking over. Like I was basically saying, "I'm going to take over for you now. You sit down, and I'll tell you what to do." So, by raising your hand, you basically got out your old timey dueling pistol. Ooh. Yeah, I, yeah, I Aaron Bird him. <laughs> and, uh, so, so he was so offended. Like he got so offended right away, and he's like, well, you, "Are you sure? There's lots of things you have to do." And I said, "Well, I love doing things, so that's yeah. great. I, I'm capable of doing things. That's yeah, going like, to be I all do right." All the time, so this is me perfect. <laughs> And, I love uh, doing things. For a little while, like I just kept it going, and and but he, he had to wait until the room was full to hold the vote, and he kept like subtly trying to convince me not to run. Which you know there might be, you might feel like an unwritten rule would maybe be you know you can't convince somebody not to run, you can't right. try to intimidate them through making them feel it's going to be really boring or something, you know. But, but clearly, putting this unelected person in charge of the room yeah. gives them a leg up on everybody else, so it's like the parties kind of put these people in there that are going to be unchallenged. And I, just kept, I just kept, like, cheerfully continuing the ruse that I was going to challenge him for proper leadership of the room. So at some point, you just have to admit that you're not going to, you're going to let him do it, right? Well, yeah, because he started, then he started pointing out, like, that he started calling people by name and making it clear that he knew everybody in the room. And then he, he looked at me at one point and he goes, I've kind of stacked the room in my favor. Wow. Whoa. That. 
That sounds like dirty pool to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was really tempted to. I was really tempted to be a dick and take it all the way and really challenge him. Uh, but I finally said, you know what? You go ahead and be the precinct captain. <laughs> you weren't like, how about a friendly wager, friend? Yeah. <laughs> how about we arm wrestle for it? <laughs> yeah. Actually, see, now that would have. Yeah. Exa- thank you. Yeah. Anything that can be solved with a plot back. from a Stallone movie, I think, is the way to solve any political disagreement. So, yeah. So he become well. He remains. He basically, you know, interim precinct captain becomes named precinct captain, and then you're yeah, able to he's commence. Got, he's got like you know. Uh, like 14 words worth of rules that are that's supposed to describe how this whole thing goes. And in the course of the evening, we're supposed to elect, we're supposed to elect eight delegates, elect eight alternate delegates. All of this is to the county GOP convention. And then also cast our votes for, for you know, president. And okay, so, so president and eight delegates and eight alternates. Yeah, now, okay. and this is the part where you then ask me the follow-up question, which is like, oh, what do those delegates do, and where do they go, and what's their job, and how do they get elected? And he couldn't answer any of those questions. He had no idea. So, it, so we all sat there arguing about what to do next, and he was insisting that we should just go ahead and say, just say whether we wanted to run for delegate, and then the group would vote on us. And I was like, well, but wait a minute, we don't even know each other. Like, We're just going to vote based on our face. Like, yeah, and we'll be like, well, I have a tie on, so obviously someone should put my name down. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, well, first of all, I'm running for delegate. Now, secondly, what the fuck does a delegate do? And, yeah. Uh, so we went through the whole thing, and and then so, so I convinced him that what happens is the delegates stand up and talk about who they're supporting, and then we decide if we're going to vote on them. He was super uncomfortable with that. It actually turned out to be wrong, but we did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the guy who moved from California six months ago, he's going to know. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, I, I picked up the paper this morning, and I think it works this way. And, it, and then and people were like, yeah, that makes sense. So he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he does so, have – and keep in mind, you had a tie on. So that made people feel like, yeah, he must know. You know, like this young man with the tie, he seems to know it. He seems to have the time. <laughs> Everybody get on the trolley. So people don't stand up and talk about their candidate, but you did anyway. So I so I did, and then and then like seven or eight other people did, and then in the middle of all that, somebody from the party comes in and she's like, "What are you guys doing?" And it turns out we were doing it all wrong, but we were so far into it that we just kept doing it the way we made up. <laughs> I mean, this thing this thing is it's crazy. So so at at some point, everybody, almost everybody in the room has gotten up and given a spiel about their candidate and why they're voting for them and yada 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 and then and whether or not their candidate was born in the united states and therefore yeah, eligible cuckoo man wasn't in my room so I didn't, we didn't get into that issue that particular issue but oh wait uh, steve cuckoo man i love that guy he's I'm great a big fan. he played third base at the brewers in the 70s <laughs> but the uh you know the 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 funny thing was it was almost like so you'd see these nice kindly older people and they're they're dressed like normal humans and you're kind of like looking at them and thinking like, oh, okay, everything's fine. These are normal people. And then when somebody would acknowledge that they were voting for Trump, you just like recoil. <laughs> there's something There's something wrong. It was like invasion of the body snatchers when they do, oh. It was, you know, the, the this person is not normal, even though they're in normal clothes. Yeah, no, no, no. But they, you're like, oh, but they looked so normal, you know? Yeah, it's your, your my friends and neighbors are voting for Donald Trump. It was scary. I mean, he is going to make America great again. That's right. No, 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 no. You, you're misunderstanding. We're going to make America great again. He's telling us to. Oh, you know what he is? He's not going to do it. Make America great again. It's not let's. He's like, I made the hat. You guys have to do the rest. Yeah. 
Yeah, and every, he'll check in every once in a while. You guys done making America great again? Because <laughs> I've got a, I've got a fabulous casino that I would need to build. You're fired. I'll be back. It's going to be terrific, but you got to get it done. <laughs> it's going to be the best ever, but I'm not going to do it. All right, so you become a delegate, correct? Yeah, so I am now a delegate. All right, because somebody wrote your name on a piece of paper. You're one of the eight, or are you an alternate? No, there's eight of us, and I'm one of them. We're going to the county convention on April 2nd. I don't know what we're doing. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm planning to show up there, and I have to pay $50 to the party. What? That's my prize. So, Congratulations. I, yeah, thank you. I get to pay $50 to the Republican um, Committee of, of Washoe County, and then I get a lunch included at the Grand Sierra Hotel. Well, that's worth $50. Is, yeah. it, is it in Reno, or do you have to go somewhere else? No, there is nowhere else. This is Nevada. <laughs> well, there, there's somewhere Vegas. Las Vegas. There's Vegas and the, and the Bunny Ranch. Uh, right. I guess that's true, but it is not at the Bunny Ranch. Well then, why bother? Then why bother going? Yeah, no, I'm going to go to the Grand Sierra. I'm going to have a nice lunch, a nice Republican lunch, and then uh, and then I'm going to go home. I, maybe we're going to elect a president. Maybe, but we'll see. But so you don't even get to go to the to the big boy convention. I was excited when you said you were a delegate. I'm like, wait, well, I'm go- I plan to run again at the county convention. I plan to run for state delegate because why not? And if you're a state delegate, then you get to go to the actual convention. Yes, and that's what I would like to do. That would be amazing. I have no... I mean, maybe you need qualifications or something. I don't even know where it is this year. Where's the convention this year? Cleveland, I think. Oh. Well, this wasn't the year to do it, but... I would love to go to Cleveland. You go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, maybe the uh, maybe the tribe's in town. I don't think you need qualifications if you just look at Trump. <laughs> That's a great point. You're fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. So, all right. So, do you then move on to actual voting for candidates, or did I skip something? Yeah, no. So, so we all gave our little spiels, and then it was... We had a little piece of paper. Um, I sent you the picture of the it, like it literally is like a, a just a sliver of paper with the names of every candidate. Yeah, the the only thing surprising about that ballot that it wasn't it, it wasn't that uh, purple ink that like Ditto paper had back when we were in elementary school. You know that yeah. it was like oh it actually looks like they xeroxed it. Yeah, it, it's just it's just a strip with a bunch of boxes, right? And you just check off the name of the candidate you're supporting, correct? Yeah, and then you just and then you hand it to the guy at the front of the room who then literally sits there with a yellow legal pad and tallies up the votes. Um, and I, and like I, hash marks, like a like a prisoner counting down how many days until he gets out? Yes. Okay. And and brings that apparently into the um, you know the party headquarters room, and then that, that's how they tally the votes in each precinct. It's, it, it is unbelievable that, the, that they nominate a president or a, you know, a candidate that way, but that's how they do it. And at what point do you encounter the guy with the uh, the bumper sticker on his chest, which I think well, was, was for... Okay, so that's before I got to the room and we're, we're waiting in line. I mean, that's the other weird thing about the whole process, right? It's It, it's, it sort of feels like an election, but it's really not. Um, it's run by the party. Yeah, so there's not those regulations against electioneering where it has to be like 100 yards or something away from a polling place, right? Yeah, there's no rules at all. So you've got people... I mean, I, there were people with, you know, Donald Trump hats on. Um, the guy who handed me my ballot was was wearing a Marco Rubio bumper sticker across his chest. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a picture of that guy. Uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah. I mean, the whole pro- I mean, you have no faith that this thing's being done above the board. Uh, and, you know, it's just it's just a clown show. I don't know, I don't know why, I, I was trying to figure out why the party would want to do it this way. I mean, obviously it gives them a really easy opportunity to rig the, to rig the whole show, um, but they're obviously not rigging it in, fra- in favor of Donald Trump, and he won by like a thousand points. So even their even their plan to rig the process didn't work, and it's just it's 
complete joke. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that had to be disheartening because, you know, one of the things you tweeted was that you can't wait till you walk out of the middle school and learn that Donald Trump won by 45 points. And he didn't win by 45 points, but he did get 45 points. So that was semi-prescient of you. Uh, Yeah, so I guess it's like basically you were part of a process where the inevitable thing happened anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, you knew he was going to win here. It's it, you got to figure in any state that's not um, that, that doesn't have a well. Actually, at this point, you got to figure you're going to win every state. Um, but a state like Nevada is just so so susceptible to his message of you know just kind of being an outsider and anti-establishment. <laughs> right. Exactly. You just knew he was going to win here. So, but you know, but I just I, I just can't fathom why the party would want to do it this way. It's so hard to cast your vote. It's any normal person is not going to do it. And like you said, it's very it's very easy to basically make the results say anything you want if if you have a vested interest in, you know, adding, you know, a, I don't know, an extra yellow legal pad full of hash marks and like, oh, look, I found 20,000 votes. Well, yeah, or, I mean, the fact, you know, my room, right, so 60 people showed up, um, but I don't know how many were on that list. Like, there might have been 100 in my room that were that were eligible to be there because they were my neighbors. What they've got is a list with all the eligible Republican voters from that area, and you had to sign in, and then by, and then they compared the number of people who signed in with the number of votes. So how difficult would it be to sign in a few extra times and cast a few extra votes? Uh, probably not very difficult. When, when yeah. you're holding the book and you're wearing a Donald Trump hat or a you know, Rubio T-shirt. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, the, the process, there, there's just no, no um, legitimacy to the process. Well... I, can't imagine it's any different in Iowa, except people don't lie in Iowa. I don't think anybody's ever lied there. I don't know why they would. You know, there's 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 just not enough time in the day in Iowa to, well, to waste any of it lying. Why people see it? <laughs> it just it just hovers there in the air. Yeah. Uh, talk about one of the things that you thought was great about the process was that you saw people because you you referenced your neighbors and this reminded me of one of the things you posted was that you know your neighbors got up and made speeches about who they were supporting which apparently wasn't what you were supposed to be doing but they did do it and uh, talk about how that felt to be a part of well, that. I think you are supposed to do it. We just did it in the wrong order, or time, or purpose. But I mean, uh, part of the caucus process is supposed to involve people standing up and giving. The speech in support of who they're voting for, which you know it, that that kind of warms your heart in this like Mr. Smith goes to Washington way, um, uh, you know, old timey democracy. Um, and it, it actually kind of was neat to have, have to see your neighbors get up there and realize like they've thought about this a little bit and they care enough to get up and give a speech about a candidate. Um, so that I mean that part of it was kind of cool, and and you you wish that other places could could or other folks in other state, uh, states could experience that because it's. Um, you know, that's sort of enlightening and, and makes the process a little more engaged. Right. But, you know, that's not what most people want. Most people no, in, want, in, you know, in California, I didn't even know who my neighbors were. So it, that, yeah, that is much of an impact. No, in California, I, I think that there's probably going to just be a voting app, which it, I think that by installing it, you vote for Hillary 10 times, regardless of party affiliation. I, I'm not quite sure, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and nine gubernatorial votes for Jerry Brown. Well, yeah, because he, because he needs them. And he will never die. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, talk about how the rules of the whole process seemed to change. It was a very fluid situation. Was it because people just didn't understand them and there were disagreements? And I know you talked a little bit about that when you were in the first precinct room. But as the voting process continued, was there continued confusion as well? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the precinct uh, the precinct captain was elected or, or chosen or whatever he was minutes before we got in the room, and he didn't understand the rules. 
um, and there was nobody there that could really clarify the rules for him. And we were asking questions of him, and he couldn't answer them. Uh, became increasingly flustered. Um, we started making up our own rules. He, you know, two and a half hours into the three-hour event, he was still trying to explain the rules to us. Uh, I know somebody, you know, at 185 minutes into the process, somebody asked him, you know, whether you could make a write-in vote. It said on the ballot that you couldn't. Um, he didn't understand what a write-in vote was. I mean, he literally did not understand the concept of a write-in vote. Um, wow. So he couldn't answer the question. I knew the answer because it was printed on the ballot, but I, I kind of let that go on for a while. <laughs> um, speaking of ballots, I understand that there was a problem that they ran out of ballots at one point. Yeah, and then, so, so I mean, the, the turnout was, as it has been in every state with Trump, the turnout was much higher than expected, so they ran out of ballots. Um, people were still in line, and the party folks came in and just said, you know, just let people write their vote on a piece of paper and hand it in. Which, like, as yeah. if the process was, was, was not unofficial enough. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Now it was people scribbling down the name of a candidate on a piece of paper and handing it to the... It's like, well, here's here's a vote for Ted Rubio and another one for Marco Cruz. Should we just give one yeah. to each of them? Or? Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the list of candidates, but I mean, I think it was printed in 1988. Like, So, so like, it had every person who's ever run for president. <laughs> I don't know if I noticed that. No. Yeah, you have to look at the picture when you go back. I mean, it, it's got like 47 people, like... 44 of whom dropped out two years ago. Oh, yeah, because Jeb was on there and uh, I mean, Carly Fiorina. All, all yeah. kinds of people are on it. Wow, so. Santor. Was Rick Perry on there? Uh, good question. I don't remember. Yeah, well, probably not. Um, and then talk about there was a great report from someone who realized that the uh, party headquarters office was empty. <laughs> yeah, so at some point during the, during the event, while we were arguing about the rules, um, a crazy person wandered into the room uh, who apparently was affiliated with the Nevada GOP and um, and pointed out to our precinct chair, hey, to, who should we tell that the uh, party headquarters room is open and there's boxes of votes in there and nobody's there? <laughs> like, Which, oh, that's, that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, what... There's could, only 1,200 people wandering around this building, so that should be fine. What could possibly have gone wrong in that situation? It's just so funny to me that, like, the, the national media is, is outside the doors of this place, like, hanging on the results coming out, and this is what's happening inside. Yeah, they're, they're actually not getting the, the real story. Only you were delivering the real story uh, from the uh, inside the Nevada caucus. It was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was yeah, the, you've got, like, you know, Aaron Burnett waiting outside, and the event inside is as organized as a Pinewood Derby at your local Weeblow. <laughs> oh, I do love the Pinewood Derby, though. Actually, that's an insult to that. I'm sure they're much more organized than this. Yeah, well, those rules have been figured out a long time ago, and there's no changing them. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, how many weights can you put on the back of that car? <laughs> oh, quite a few. Have you done a Pinewood Derby car with either Marcus or Casey at this point? They're too young for that now. I mean, and also I would, I never want them to join um, Hitler Youth. I mean, <laughs> so we have not done that. All right. But what if they want to join Hitler Youth? Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll just buy, just be like, or I could buy a new Xbox or whatever the, whatever the kids play now. Yeah. Like, or I could force you to play more sports. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. Win-win for everybody. <laughs> Uh, now, talk about the actual – I know we talked a little bit about the counting of the votes, but talk about how everybody that was left basically stood over the shoulder of the chairman while he was well, counting. Yeah, it was, I mean, so yeah. it was kind of like a war of attrition in there. Like over, so we start – you know, we, when the room finally filled up after the, after the amazing line dwindled, 
you know, now you've now we've got sixty five people in the room, and and as they're coming in, they waited in this huge line, and they realize they get in this room, and nobody knows what's going on still. So people started to just say like, "Hey, can I fill out the ballot and just drop it off on your desk?" And technically, <laughs> that's allowed. So <laughs> once people realized that was allowed, like three quarters of the room just did that and left. <laughs> Like forty-five people just walked out at like seven o'clock. Yeah, um, and you know, by the end, it was like there were like eight crazy people and me who was just entertaining myself, kind of live blogging. And <clears throat> so I was like sitting on my phone, and there's eight other people in the room. And as you know, at that point, the guy's like, "Well, we kind of have all the votes now, so I think we can count them." And he starts counting them, and the other these eight people just like surrounded him and were looking over his shoulders like almost touching him <laughs> trying to make sure that he was counting the votes right and Ooh, um, this is the guy who can count <laughs> and they're like shouting out the results as, i mean and and this is for all of you know a, a total of 60 votes yeah right exactly a huge impact on the on the like our vote matters anyway he should have dressed it up a little bit you know and actually counted them like the count from sesame street it's like one been, like, one vote for rubio ah santorum, ah, ah. santorum. Santoro? <laughs> Anyone? Wow, it's an upset. <laughs> so, uh, to summarize the experience, what was your ultimate takeaway? What, were you glad to be part of it? Glad to witness it up close, but definitely won't go back in 2020? Or, or how do you assess the whole evening? I'd love to say I'm not going to go back in 2020, but I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm sure I will go back in 2020. Um, Although knowing you, you won't live in Nevada in four years. You'll have moved somewhere else. Yeah, and if you were a betting person, you'd probably say, like, somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, because you've moved cross-country four times, or am I wrong on I that? I think it's more than that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I will go back, and, and you know, it was, it, was, um, it was certainly eye-opening. I'm glad that I've experienced it. I'm glad I got a chance to share it with other people. Um, you know, there, there was a... It was obviously a, a debacle um, in terms of the process, but I did really like seeing that democracy in action part of it and hearing people talk about their candidates and knowing that some people in town are engaged and care. I mean, whether they agree with me about who to vote for or not, just the fact that they're paying attention to the issues is kind of... I mean, I thought, I thought people had completely given up. Um, and it was refreshing to see that not yeah. everyone had given up, even if yeah, many no, people have. It was have, great yeah. to see that like, some of your neighbors are engaged and care. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that actually, the, the, the takeaway was actually positive for me. Well, that's great. And look, it was very entertaining to me and our friend Mo from the league and uh, Sicardo. All, all of us really enjoyed, uh, you know, just reading your account. It was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not there, that I'm just on the couch, you know, reading about how you, of course, wore down your phone battery because it was so entertaining. You were just live blogging the whole time. Yeah, no, I got good feedback from people about it. So, I mean, it was, uh, and I know I always wanted to know what that thing was like, so I was glad to be able to kind of report from the internet. Yeah, I can't imagine ever living in a caucus state, so I was glad that you do and uh, were able to tell us about it. Now, let's talk for a moment about what brought you to the biggest little city in the world. Your job at is it the University of Nevada at Reno, or is it actually are those letters arranged in a different order? And I'm just wrong. No, we're it's the the name is in English, so that's right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't know because you know, like you have UNLV, and I'm like, is it yeah, just no, U no, no? The, the the funny thing about that this is this is going to get into too much arcane um, Nevada stuff, but let's do it. Yeah, the uh, University of so it, there's this big there's this big um, there's a a lot of enmity between University of Nevada Reno and University of Nevada Las Vegas. Um, UNLV, obviously, a little more um, well-known. Running Rebels. Yeah, just because of the Larry Johnson. But they cheated. Yeah. Come on, they cheated. But, Tark, um, Tark the Shark. <laughs> but the, uh, 
you know, I guess UNLV started kind of as like a uh, junior college, you know, about 50 or 60 years ago. So it's the younger school. Nevada, Reno is the flagship school, and, and I think I think inarguably the better um, academic school. And so the folks up here, like, get really pissy about referring to it as the University of Nevada, Reno, even though that's the name. Like, this is the University of Nevada. Oh, um, wow. So it's like, like the athletics. University of Nevada. Yeah, it's just Nevada. So UNLV, they're the ones that need to explain where they are. <laughs> Their junior college that grew into what they are now. That seems like the sort of thing that a, in a town like Reno they would uh, take very personally. Yeah, and and like the locals call it UNR, and and the people like everybody who works there like cringes. Cause that's no, it's not UNR. It's the University of Nevada. It's UN. But yeah. Then that has a different connotation too. So and and the team there is the Wolf Pack. Am I correct? The Wolf Pack. Two words. Whoa! It's Wolf Space Pack. It is. I didn't realize that. So how's the uh, Wolfpack look this year? Uh, basketball, and obviously we're a little away from football. What about Bradley Cooper? He's in the Wolfpack. Oh, because oh, right. of uh, the, the uh, uh, batch? Yeah, he's playing. Too. Hangover, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Zach Galifianakis and Ed Helms. Yep, yep. Uh, so how's the, uh, how's the Wolfpack season look, Brian? Uh, hoops is better. They're, they're, they were rebuilding, but they've had a really pretty solid year this year. They'll go to postseason. Probably not the big dance, but one of the other postseason tournaments. So they're they're heading yeah. in the right direction. The uh, football is really going to be fun next year. We're actually going out to play Notre Dame the first week. Of the oh wow! Game, so that'll be fun. Well, and your um, previous job, you worked at Pepperdine, and you got to go to a lot of different tournaments. But what I liked best about your job at Pepperdine was that their college baseball season started in mid-February, oh, yeah. and it was always the hottest day of the year. It was this beautiful day in Malibu, and we would always take pictures, post them on Facebook instantly, just so that everybody who was snowed in on the East Coast would have a different way to tell us how much they hated us. But boy, it was always so much fun. Yeah, I know they were rooting for earthquakes when they saw those photos. Yeah, they, did, they definitely were. Yeah. But, uh, so but I missed the February baseball because we, we are definitely not playing baseball here right now. No, you, you definitely aren't. I know. I've seen some snow pictures. But for you, it actually was a good move because uh, your wife has a lot of family out there. So you might be one. Of, it's probably a very short list of people who go from working in Malibu to working in Reno and are like, oh, this is a good move. Oh yeah, and it's whenever you move, whenever you go from Pepperdine somewhere else, it's like, why are, why did you leave there? Like, did you hurt somebody? Why did they make you leave? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy Pepperdine ran you out of town. Yeah, I ran afoul of the Pepperdines, um, <laughs> which you don't want to do. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's it is great for me, and I love I love Reno, as you know, and um, it's it's a great place for family and close to the wife's family, so it's a good it's a good deal for us. Yeah, well, you know, at some point we'll we'll have to bring Felix out that way when he can really appreciate the. Uh, the lunch buffet at the Silver Legacy, or well, and the natural beauty of, of Lake Tahoe. That's true. Uh, actually, Heather's parents go to Lake Tahoe for a week every year. They love Lake Tahoe. Oh, so. it's tremendous! Yeah, giant lake. So you know, and see, look, we we did a little advertising for uh, for the region. Now, um, my friend Captain EO, who uh, would laugh a lot about the word caucus earlier, he kind of fell asleep during the caucus talk. So, uh, Jeff. I'd like you to talk to Brian. Uh, give your overall assessment of the uh, New England Patriots season this past season. Yep. Wait, hold. Let me. Let me. You got to preface this by: Are you a Patriots fan, or are you not? A yeah, Patriots he's from. He's from okay. Massachusetts. So you're not setting me up for some. Kind no, 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 no. Sorry, I, I meant to stress that earlier when he missed the Red Sox winning the World Series because he was in bad boy school. I uh, I should have made that clearer. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a joke I'm missing here. It was, no, it was a good season. Uh, but we, we played really well. What uh, was what was the important thing uh, about uh, beating a team from Indianapolis? That's the thing that always gets you fired up. 
Well, I do love beating the Colts. I do love reminding them that Deflategate was retarded. Um, I love that their hero, Peyton Manning, rapes women, but that's apparently not as big of a deal as the inflation of a football. Yeah, well, no, actually, sexually assaulting women and cheating at the sport you play, those aren't a problem. It's just... it's Hey, it's worked wonders for Ben Roethlisberger. Brady, Brady was fucking around with the inflation of balls. Peyton was putting them on women's heads. So... <laughs> You know, yeah, the draining of them, as it were. <laughs> well, he was probably distracted because his wife was, you know, his wife had such a serious medical condition that she had to take HGH during her pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. And did you hear the clip, by the way, Brian, of, uh, uh, I know you don't obviously live in the Northeast, but you might have heard it online. Uh, Mike Francesa, whom we love as part of Mike and the Mad Dog, was livid that when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, the first thing you don't, you, you, the first thing you do can't be kissing Papa John. You just, you can't do it. Just, what the hell is he even doing on the field? Like the pizza guy? Yeah, yeah. that okay. Papa John. Yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, no, he's right, but it just it drove him so crazy that it's a, it, it's like he actually stayed awake for his whole show. So it was wait, pretty wait, mad. Something drove Francesca crazy. Doesn't that imply that he was somewhere other than crazy at some point? It was his. It was what his crazy focused on that day. You're okay, absolutely you. right. Yeah. Better, better clarification. Yeah. Is he retiring next year? No. That's, is he? That's I the big question. To, I was listening to the fan the other night, only because. David Ortiz the other day declared that he wants to have a standing ovation in Yankee Stadium this year. Mm-hmm. And so I figured as soon as he said that, I, would, I put it in my head like tonight I'm going to listen to WFAN because every Yankee fan in, in, in every borough was calling up to explain that he's no Derek Jeter. <laughs> he's not getting a standing ovation in Yankee Stadium. But they don't have anything to clap for, so they might as well. Yeah, come but, on, but Yankee fans. During the, during the course of listening to the amazing Yankee-ness, um, it was it was mentioned that like all of the current WFAN hosts are like auditioning for the Francesca spot in 2017. Well, obviously the slot should go to Beningo. But anyway, that's very this the <laughs> just micromanage the conversation to only focus on people who like WFAN. But <laughs> but one of the greatest moments in radio history was actually after Game Seven of the 2004 oh. ALCS before Game Seven. Uh, no, it was after. Oh, oh, it was it was after Game Seven yeah. because the montage that morning oh. was all of Francesca saying, "Look, someday somebody's going to come back from being down 0-3. It's not going to be tonight. It's not going to be the Red Sox." And it was just someday this beautiful. The Red Sox are going to win a Game Seven in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, this beautiful montage, which was so amazing. And to his credit, he showed up for work the next day. There are people that we know here on the podcast that sometimes don't show up the day after their team loses something. But it's just people that we know. Uh, but uh, And he showed up, and his partner, Chris Mad Dog Russo, it was, you could tell, it was literally the greatest day of his life. His children being born, you know, meeting Willie, none of that mattered. Like, being able to come in the day after and be like, ah, look what happened there, dog. I have that audio saved on my computer, and six month, no six-month period has passed since 2004 where I haven't listened to it. I actually wish I had it saved. I, I used to I go online send, and listen. I will send you the link. All right. Send you the link. All right. We'll post it, actually. We'll post it somewhere yeah, on I Facebook. Mean, it's, it's, it's the best thing that's ever happened on the radio. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good time. And then we'll talk about one more uh, Boston sports thing. Um, Pablo Sandoval, what won't he eat? What won't he eat? Yeah. Well, good, because you 
said, we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> vegetables? Uh, <laughs> vegetables you know, is when, when, when The other day when it came on the news that uh, Obama was thinking about appointing Sandoval to the Supreme Court, I was like, yes, we're going to solve our problem. <laughs> but, but then, it was not him. You realized it wasn't him. I don't know. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Kung Fu Panda has a nice ring to it. Here's here's going to be the good thing. He's going to get everybody out at first base because they won't be able to tag it after he eats it. It's <laughs> a great point. And, like if it, I, they're going to have to, it's going to challenge the uh, MLB rules people when his gut is actually touching first base when he fields the ball. Is guy out? <laughs> oh my god! I I just I want his gut to somehow get somebody out, like the ball <laughs> to get caught in his belly button, and for to then like subsequently hit somebody in the face and just be like, oh, you're out. You know, there's going to be like a four-minute delay because they're going to have to pull D. Gordon's face out of his belly button. <laughs> I, uh, I don't... Be great on the Supreme Court, though, because those robes, that's like the perfect thing when you're 600. Very slim. <laughs> that's true. Do you guys remember when Pablo Sandoval ate C.C. Sabathia? <laughs> well, that's why he started drinking. <sighs> anyway, look, we've had a lot of fun at uh, a lot of baseball players' expense because that's what we do here. There is a lot of Sandoval, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of Sandoval. And it's funny, I was talking to somebody, if we get back to the Yankees for a second, I was talking to somebody about A-Rod, and they're like, oh, yeah, but that deal's over. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not. They have two more years of A-Rod, this year and next year. And he has all that language for all those milestones, which I think he might actually hit a few of them. So, you know, all the extra money they have to give him when he gets – I mean, he's not going to get to 715, but I don't even know what he has. It's just – I don't know. For people who don't enjoy the New York Yankees. it's still possible, though. I mean, well, I guess not in the next two years, probably. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, I know. I don't think it'll happen in the next two years, but – He's still going to hit some of those. Hey, man, he could just take, he could just get some HGH sent to his wife and then all of a sudden have an amazing <laughs> season, you know? It's not unheard of, Peyton Manning. It's not unheard of. Yeah, and he could celebrate by putting his balls in the trainer's face. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. See, it's, you know what that is? The circle of life. Hey, I broke my neck and then came back and was, for no discernible reason, stronger and better for a year. <laughs> and my wife got sent HGH, but I definitely didn't take it, and that's a ludicrous suggestion. That's right up there with my favorite uh, story where, you know, a guy clearly stopped taking whatever PEDs he was taking. You know, uh, Jason Giambi shows up, and he's like half, he's like basically Jeremy Giambi, and he's like, yeah, I just stopped eating hamburgers. Right. He wasn't hamburgers from just Pee-wee's Playhouse. riddled with steroids. What was that, Will? Was it, it, it wasn't Jambi from Pee-wee's Playhouse showed up? It was not Jambi. Jambi! <laughs> that would have been amazing, yeah. actually. So that was just that um, you know, uh, Brian, I want to just shift gears really fast. Uh, you have two sons. What are their ages? Uh, seven and five. Have either or both of them seen the new Star Wars movie? They've both seen it. What did they think of it? They, they thought it was weird to see their dad crying. You know, the, well, I cannot. We can't go spoilers here, can we? We can definitely can. go spoilers because anybody it, who hasn't seen it by yeah, this if, point if, that if would you, be upset no, by the ending yeah, is if, an asshole. If you have, <laughs> yeah, if you care that much and haven't seen it after two months, well, fuck you. You deserve to have it ruined. Well, I, I, I thought. I mean, I thought it was weird to see an Ewok get raped on screen, but <laughs> but oddly, that was my favorite part. Yeah. The testicle torture was my favorite. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah, obviously that was, but. Up until that point, I loved seeing old Han, you know? I did too, but I just, it, th- that moment, like, it shattered me. Like, I, it, took, it literally took me a month before I could think about the movie again and not be, like, quivering. Yeah. 
Well, I talked about on the podcast before about how I brought Felix to, well, the very sexistly named Mommy and Me screenings that they have at the oh. theater, Mondays at 11 a.m. And I brought him to see Star Wars and, you know, I had to feed him and I was burping him and he was looking away from the screen when that happened. And I, I just leaned in. And I said, I'm so glad you didn't have to see that. You know, oh. were you also like, please don't do that to daddy? Yeah, I should have. Well, you know what? I, maybe I should have been like, this isn't the way don't that it's... Yeah. Please don't grow up and be a whiny bitch. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> um, now, but Tell me you're following the uh, emo Kylo Ren on Twitter. Emo Kylo Ren is amazing. And the greatest back and forth was when Hot Topic realized how great it would be to actually engage him conversationally. And I think they offered him a job or something. Oh. Yeah. No, Emo Kylo Ren is great. There have been a few knockoffs of Emo Kylo Ren, that, like very lonely Luke, and that one was okay. Uh, no, and, that, that nothing's ever going to top the, uh, like, the, the Imperial March is so much better on vinyl. <laughs> That's true. That that basically sums up the whole thing. Uh, so you're able to take your boys to see, like, uh, like a Star Wars um, what about, uh, I would say don't take them to see Deadpool, but what about Batman Superman. That's going to be that one's going to be a litmus test for us because they love all the superhero movies. They've seen all the Marvel ones, but those obviously have a little bit of a lighter tone. They are like visually much brighter, you know, more oh, kid friendly. You know, they're sort of cartoony. The, the Batman. Well, first of all, this Batman Superman movie. I'm already mad now that I spent money on it next month. <laughs> like it's going to suck so bad, and and I'm going to go see it, and I'm going to spend full full on 3D money on seeing it. But, see, the three of us are convinced, like, you know what? Superman's going to fight Batman. That's going to be awesome. And it's going ha- to be so jam-packed with awesome that, you know, there might be some moments. I-, I don't know. And Jeremy Irons is Alfred. All right, great. I, I kind of don't We haven't even-, even seen Jason Moma as Aquaman. That I mean, might, he's not going to have a big role. There might be a reason. Says you. <laughs> but, he's the star of this goddamn film. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other 140 minutes. Yeah. So, Brian, you're convinced that you're going to be disappointed, or has just the internet made you think that? No, I'm already pissed at myself. I can, it, it, it looks so... It, the Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor thing is killing me. What if he had shaved his head? Would that have helped? Yes. Okay. You know, you know that's it's going really to happen, what I meant to right? Say is Lex Luthor doesn't have hair. All right, but if he right, but if he's bald he's as the, as bald. the movie goes along, if he is bald in it, that'll be all right. That'll help. What, like, so he gets he has chemo we're, or something. What, what happens? <laughs> no, we're gonna have like a McAvoy reveal scene. Yeah, the hair is gone. Gonna be bald. He, he shaves his head dramatically in the middle of the movie. It's mm-hmm. a fraternity prank, actually. I, I think Mr. Oh, Mitzel, Mr. Mitzelplex and uh, uh, I don't know, pick another Superman villain because I sure couldn't think. Toy of Man. Toy Man. Thank Lobo. you. Yeah, I take Lobo. it back. If, if that's his Joker falling into the toxic waste moment, is him getting tortured at a at a frat party? Then yes, I'm in. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, because they'll shave his head, they'll draw balls on his yeah. face, and they'll look like glass. They'll draw balls on his face, and they'll look like Peyton Manning. So the Rock come should play. The Rock should play Lobo. He'd be a good choice for Lobo. He's already going to be Black Adam. Shut up. <laughs> all right. Is there any chance at all that that movie? I mean, maybe I'm being naive, but is there any chance at all that movie doesn't end? With them not really fighting and deciding that they're on the same team, and then we wait for the next movie to come out. Oh no, no, they're gonna actually team up, team up and to and, stop the bigger threat. Yeah, there'll be a huge. Their threat. fight is halfway through the movie. Yeah, like who, who, I mean, of course it is. So I mean, it just seems so horribly marketed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that we're seeing a lot of footage in the trailers, but I don't know. I, it'll be easier to say when we've seen the movie. But I, I wonder if they're marketing it 
correctly, but they're showing us a lot of awesome stuff, so that helps. What would be cool is if they marketed it in a way that you didn't know that Ben Affleck was a Batman until after you paid. <laughs> would you rather it be Casey Affleck? I'd rather have it be um, pretty much anybody. I can't think of I, I can't think of somebody who would annoy me more. Adam West, Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, that was the, that should have been the first choice. Val Kilmer. That's for too much money. See, Val Kilmer, I liked. I never saw George the George. Clooney? I never saw the George Clooney one. I can't George do that Clooney to myself. One is the, was a low point of cinema in America. Which yeah. one was? The Joel Schumacher. Um, Batman and Robin. George, oh, yeah, yeah Batman, Batman and Robin. George yeah. Clooney mm-hmm. and Alicia Silverstone. Chris O'Donnell should get a shot at Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great point. You know, he and his uh, NCIS Los Angeles partner, L. Cool J, should be Robin. Yeah. Mm. What? That's a great movie. I'd see that. Oh, I just remembered Cyborg's going to be in it, too. Christian Bale just knocked it out of the park in those in those films. That's true. <laughs> Disagree. He was terrible. What? Yeah, he was like the worst Bruce Wayne ever. What? Those movies like are so bad. Are you just really saying that to make? Yeah. Are you just saying that to make Will mad? Because he says this one's gonna suck. What Christopher Nolan movies are like the worst. You're it's so like dumb. a reality. Who wants that? <laughs> I like cartoon stupid. Batman. Yeah, eat a dick, real Batman, <laughs> Christian Bale, with your fucking mouth guard bullshit. Wow, where did that come from? That's so much hate. I don't know. I just wanted to be a contrarian. Yeah, that's true. Because everyone does Dick. like those movies, so somebody has to be the guy to say. Anyway, so you're not sure. You're going to try and take the kids to that, but it, it does look dark, that well, they, movie. They desperately want to see it, so I probably won't. I usually take the older one as like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. And then if he freaks out, um, at least I only have to put one in therapy. <laughs> make, them, make them watch Watchmen first. If they can handle three hours of blue dick, they can handle anything. I can't handle three hours of Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't think anybody can. But uh, definitely, you know, be smart and don't take them to see Deadpool because... Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, we did an, we did an entire... moral outrage. We did an entire episode where we talked about Deadpool, and I was really upset because there was a kid there... And he was like 10. But, I mean, Will did have a good point about yeah. that. It was Well, go ahead. Explain your point on that. On what? The, the fact that there was a kid there, and it's an R-rated movie. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's the first... To me, it's like... You remember the first R-rated movie you saw as a kid, right? I saw Starship Troopers. I was eight. I and saw bodies getting ripped apart. I saw lots of boobs. I was going to say lots of nudity, too. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. And my parents like took me to see that movie. And uh, it was awesome. And it didn't make me a little piece of shit. and didn't make me kill people. So, like, one... I see Deadpool to me is the perfect first R-rated movie for your kid when you decide that you know what I'll let them see this this thing that they don't usually get to see. I guess I was more disappointed that he went with his mom, you know. He should have just done Dude, with everybody. That's a cool mom. I guess. You all had that experience with your mom where you get when you were a kid where you're in a movie with her and then you realize like, "Oh, we shouldn't be seeing this." Yeah, for I me it was the first robo- time I saw was... anal sex in a movie with my mom. That was Wait, what? Possible. You don't remember that scene? Brokeback? No, in Deadpool. Oh, in Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great point actually. <laughs> what? That Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you just see his face. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I was going to say, though, that I did see uh, Robocop with my mom, and that was just more like, you know, lots of violence. I but... saw the uh, what, the girl with the dragon tattoo with my mom. That's real fucking awkward. Whoa. And you were and Black Swan. at that point. No. Oh, that's a bitch for both of them. You saw, well, first of all, seeing Black Swan with your mom. Talking about being a kid, see. I saw it with my whole I family, feel, both I feel of like them. That one you should have seen coming. Yeah, that's true. Black Swan, you should have known. Yeah. Both of them I saw with my whole family, first um, of let's all. Check out this 
Porky's thing. <laughs> yep. I think it's got the pig from the what from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Wild things. Is that like that children's book about delightful beasts on an island mm-hmm. where the wild things are? Brian, have you run into any movie that you took them to and you realized like, oh, this they weren't ready for this, or have they uh, handled it like like the champs that they are? Oh no, they're. I mean, they're great. I you know. And you can probably remember when you were that age, you saw movies you shouldn't have, and it didn't phase you at all. Yeah, my grandmother was furious that my mom took us to see Tootsie, because... Yeah, the cross-dressing. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> what world does a man dress I up mean, like a woman? It was what? a different time. It was It was a very different time. I the Caitlyn Jenner biopic. I remember seeing Revenge of the Nerds when I was, you know, whenever that came out, I must have been seven or eight, and that was completely in, and wildly inappropriate at the time. That, uh, Revenge of the Nerds is the first movie my wife remembers watching with her parents and her sister. And she was... That's an awkward one. Yeah, that's a little bit of an awkward one for the whole family. Is that R-rated? Uh, oh, it's very R-rated. Oh, it, it's very, uh, we it's have... It's PG-13 by today's standards. There's full frontal nudity, and then there's also, like, a, a coerced sex scene at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by today's standards, we would call that rape. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, was, I saw that movie recently, and there's not only the there's incredible racism and also and also like a, a basically a rape scene at the end <laughs> and it's all presented in humor. Yeah, it's it's a funny it's a funny rape scene. Yeah. Any anyway. rape it's surprise sex. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Surprise you had sex with me and you didn't realize that. <laughs> but you were she going realized that nerd sex was sex. great and that's what happened, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, but that's was... where the movie lost me. <laughs> the other the other 80s movie that has a completely uncomfortable scene when you go back and watch it now that seemed lighthearted at the time is 16 candles is it everything with long duck dong well there's that well i mean every movie in the 80s had an incredible anti-asian racism yeah but there's also but but the scene in that one is when jake ryan gives the keys to the car to the to to mike uh, anthony michael hall and he drives the girl home and then has sex with her while she's passed out drunk yes oh god that's a that's a whole and, and at the time you're like oh. that's a whole hysterical montage of polaroid photos i remember being a kid and being uncomfortable because i love top gun and i love like the fucking jets and shit and then there's that super intense sex scene yeah and i was like what 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 about the volleyball scene? Let's let's not overlook that's that. That's the one he was no, talking about. Right? No, that's <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I. That's, that's what that I was the inspiration to. for Man of that Steel. High five where they go from the top down to the bottom, just like sex. That's a that's the kind of high fives I like. Yep. My, my kids have seen that sex scene in fast forward like eight times, <laughs> but they love all the stuff bum, with bum, the jets. Bum, bum, yeah, the jets are huge. Yeah. Bum, yeah. Bum, bum. yeah. No, I actually had the the bad experience recently where I was. It was late at night, and my kids wouldn't go to bed, and one of them was still on the couch with me, and, and Roadhouse was on. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse, and I started watching it, and then, then remembered like halfway through, like, oh, wait, there's incredible violence and nudity in this. Good. And I just let it roll. Yep. Yeah. You taped their eyes open like clockwork <laughs> orange. Watch it's this. Fault. It's your kid's fault for not going to bed. You said he wouldn't go. So if he's scarred, that's his own fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're too dumb to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. D- so... Do you uh, see? I you have three kids. I I only have one, and he's seven months old. So I still kind of watch pretty much whatever I want. I'm gonna although, start showing him. Back although back. I had a I had a rule that I wouldn't watch Hannibal, the Hannibal Lecter TV series. I'm like I can't watch it with him in the room. I had to draw a line somewhere. But do you find that uh, you're able to watch just as much, or you kind of end up watching a lot of what they like? Well, you definitely end up watching a lot of what they like, but but um, it's balanced out by the fact that I never leave my house. So. <laughs> Is that because you live in Reno? Well, but it's because I've got three kids. I mean, I can never. There's never an excuse good enough to pay for a babysitter for them. So, right. 
Exactly, which and is why... Go, and, then, and then they go to bed usually at some incredibly early time, and then I have these hours when I used to be doing things that are fun outside of my house that I now can spend watching anything I want on Netflix and Hulu. No, that's true. That's so a great point. I, I've, I mean, I've seen more old movies that I missed in the last couple of years than I ever would have thought I would. You know, I've seen everything. I just see it six months late. Yeah, I, I, there is a... We ran into something where uh, Felix was born uh, 10 days early, and we figured the last blockbuster we were going to get to was Mission Impossible 5. But then he came 10 days early, so we did not get to see it. You're going to hold that over him for the rest yeah. of his life. I know. It's like, I have the Blu-ray now, and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to watch it. I'll be like, oh, I've still never seen this. Yeah. I wonder why. You were born. I couldn't mm. see Tom Cruise strap himself to the side of a plane take off on the big screen. I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm so glad that you and I are on the same page. Of course. Page of course. Look, I know how awesome that sequence was. I saw the trailers. Yep. I just didn't see You don't know movie. anything. That's yeah. true. I don't. <laughs> you know nothing. This is the one where he finally just can't figure out anything, and he dies. Oh, no. No, that'll be the next one. Yeah, that's definitely the next one. Is it Fast and Furious where they jump from tower to tower in that car? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Furious 7. There's going to be 10 Fast and Furious movies. I don't know if we've talked about that. No. They're making three more. Why? They're making three more. And they talk about making spinoff movies. Quick question. What story have you not fucking told yet? (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We got to get shit, and then we got to run away in cars. There's new cars. They're going to space next writing the next one that sounds awesome yeah, actually i want to see that one cars in space oh my god <laughs> we're cars we're cars in space <laughs> it's a musical too yeah oh this is this have is you Mel seen Brooks. have you seen fast and furious 9 the one where they combine pixar's cars with the fast <laughs> and furious they're all talking to their cars but it's not like cute like banty uh, banter they're not talking like hal or anything it's just like more like that Futurama episode where the where cars tries to eat fry. <laughs> when can they combine Transformers and Fast and Furious and they drive the Autobots? I, I hope they as do. As soon as they introduce Mark Wahlberg as the cool guy who be. somehow beats up the Rock in Don't Fast Eight. Toronto, how are you? Let, let me I love uh, your bald you know, head. What's that all about? Hey, Mark Wahlberg. Thanks hey, for coming by. I love your bald head. So you know, talking to two <laughs> sounds like you're you talking friends? about a dick. You got family? I got Autobots. Talking to two New England boys, Brian on the phone and Jeff on the other side of the glass. Uh, is Mark Wahlberg the pride of New England? Non, no. obviously non-athlete, no. non-athlete. No, no. Then who He's is like fucking Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah, fucking Donnie <laughs> is definitely a better guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, Donnie new kids on the real. block. What was that, Brian? Donnie kept it real. Mark Donnie kept it real. <laughs> he mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Well, but Donnie's gone Hollywood now. He's on Blue Bloods. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Although you know that they shoot that in New York. That's not Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What, what was the What was the young one from uh, New Kids on the Block? He kept it real. Whatever his name was. I'm so glad that none one. of us know. That's his name. I, I, no feel like, I feel like Jeff knows, Justin but he just won't let know. I literally, the only new kid on the block I know is Donnie. That's all I know, too. All right, it was Jordan Knight. I'm sorry. Ah, there you go. Jordan I, You know, I remember the, hearing all those new kids' names because, well, Brian and I are almost the same age. Mm-hmm. And that was like when we were in junior high, like the new kids, it, it was. They were what we couldn't live up to being. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Won't you be something better with your life, like a new kid on the block? Mm. None of us could be Jordan Knight. I, I would try to put what, one thumb in my jeans and do that side to side. <laughs> I just could never do it. Um, I I know we've kept you longer than we wanted to, but talking about middle school reminded me. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the rap group you were in in high school, Brian? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Duh. Uh, Run B. <laughs> 
Run DMC? Yeah, of course. No, 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 no. Run B. Oh, Run, Run B. B. I, yeah, I literally, when you finished that, was expecting more letters to come. <laughs> I was like, B. Run B. Beginning of the swerve? P-A. <laughs> but it's my favorite story ever. Talk about how they came together and the opportunity they got and what ultimately happened. Yeah, I, you know, it was... Um, it was the, it was about 1993, and um, you know, so it was the peak of the rap craze in Old Lyme, Connecticut. We were the we were the very first rap group in Old Lyme. Yeah, were your lyrics based the on the book Rabbit Run? Well, it's funny that you ask that. Uh, our 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 hit song uh, around the the high school was called Saran Rap. And <laughs> clever play on words. It was an ode to the product. Okay, um, but it was a rap. You've put me on the spot. I'm trying to remember if I can maybe give you a taste of oh. the flow. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't even hoping oh for some God. of the flow. Kick, but kick it. Kick it, B. Kick it. Wrap it up with saran wrap, yo. Wrap it up with saran wrap, yo. Wrap it up so it's stick, stick, sticking. Wrap up your corn and your chicken. Is that, se- are those sex innuendos? <laughs> They're not. It you weren't encouraging people to use condoms. Wrap it up, yo. Yeah. That sounded like a very pro, like... Sex education yeah, song re- you could sell. It was very responsible, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, that Wrap was it time. up, yo. We were a product of our time. So mm. you had that song, and yeah. So so we had this song, and it was there was three of us in the group, and one of us one of us who was in the group was actually part of an actual band, so had all the equipment and a, a barn to practice in and all that stuff. Mm. So we we practiced a tiny tiny bit doing our one ridiculously horrible song. And then convinced our friends who were DJing a local uh, middle school dance that we had a rap group and that we should be the entertainment instead of instead of his DJ performance. Wow! So he so he hired us oh to rap at a at a middle school dance. <laughs> you were in middle school at this time as well. No, no, no we were in high school. In high school, school. yeah. So we're like we're like seventeen years old. And, and how much ass did you crush? <laughs> yeah. we're booked, Whoa! We're booked to rap at a middle school dance, and you only had um, one song. We have we have one song. We've convinced them that we have a whole album, um, and so so not only do we agree to do this and never back out of it. Like it was a joke from the beginning, but we went through with it. And not only do we go through with it, but we rolled like thirty people into it. Like we had a we had a dance crew with like strobe light dancing before we went on stage. Oh, that's amazing. Like twenty twenty members of our security entourage dressed in black that let us in, so cool. and we got on stage. And there's like two hundred. Stunned middle school kids staring at us, sitting like Indian style on the floor, and we do saran wrap, and they're just staring at us. <laughs> and then we have no other songs, and nobody knows that there's no other songs. So we just take the, our, our our main guy just takes the mic and he goes we out and throws the mic down and we just walked out, like, got in our car and just didn't stop laughing for like three hours. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, That's my fantastic. favorite part of the story. Is so the guy good. who goes, "We out, we out." Oh. Wow. There's gotta be kids. Who, I wish I could track down kids who were at that performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I'll never forget. I mean, <laughs> run talk about B. being part of a happening. And then they just rode off into the sunset, and we never heard from them again. Yeah. Mm. The greatest yeah, no, rap a, performance I ever saw. Run well, uh, you might not know this, but uh, Jeff, a.k.a. Captain EO, uh, here, he actually had some musical-related experience when he was in New England. Uh, do you want to give us a sample of uh, what you used to do? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was just... Uh... 88.9 WERS and WERS.org. It's your boy, Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, hitting you with the hottest hip-hop in the bean right here. 
on the corner of Boylston and Tremont. It's the source for all the hottest hip-hop in the bean. And uh, Jeff's radio show was very popular with inmates, was it not? It was. And uh, talk mm-hmm. about the call you got one time. Well, I got a lot of great But there's calls, a specific one that you know one, is my favorite. One of my favorite calls was uh, I used to do a lot of shout-outs to these prisoners because apparently that helps. Um, <laughs> and and uh, after a long list of shout-outs were written down for this one caller, he goes, all right, stay black, beat. And I just went, you got it. <laughs> so it's amazing that a collection, a gathering of men to talk about the electoral process and the Nevada caucus degenerated into tales of Run B and Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. Mm-hmm. At, that was the Emerson radio station, the Emerson W-E-R-S. College. W-E-R-S. And WERS.org. That was our website. Yeah. So these are kids who went to colleges that had their radio station on a website, but I didn't know what the internet was. Oh, until... no. Uh, WERS is like a 5,000-watt station in Boston. Oh, it's like an actual... Yeah, yeah it's like a legit block station. In the block next to it. No, it's like all, half the state. Is it really? It's yeah. like... It's that... like a legit station. Wow. It's the number one college radio station in the country. <sighs> So, so says the brochure. Well, yeah, wow, we lost we lost one year and then, but we've gotten it like to nine out of ten years, probably to Seton Hall. Yeah, it was some like random Midwest one. Sorry, what was that, uh, Brian? Could it be the biggest little radio station in the world? You know, I think it might sure. be. <laughs> anyway, look, this has been the biggest little podcast in the world, and. We appreciate you. On a Friday night, it's almost midnight, we're just hanging out, <laughs> talking about movies and voting and <laughs> run B. But uh, we'll, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here in the Blackcast. And, uh, you know, we'll have to, uh, we'll to post-game our, our draft. And I know there's a, there's a trade pending between you and I, and people will be very interested in following those details. Be. Yeah. I, 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 what, you stay black. Oh, oh wow. damn. Damn, Daniel. Yeah, he's actually, Brian's the one who made me realize that Black Cast number 91 should have been named Black Cast 91, The Enemy Strikes Black. What, no, so it was Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black. Yeah, I mean, so it was, was like, it should have been Black Cast 91, The Enemy Strikes Black. Oh, but I just wasn't smart enough. So. For Blackcast 1,991. Yeah, I'm not going to do it for 191, but for 1,191, I definitely will. Yeah. Anyway, sir, oh I don't know uh, when I'll make it out to the uh, greater Reno-Tahoe area, but uh, hopefully somewhere in the near future, or maybe next year's draft will happen in Scottsdale. We'll see. Wonderful. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, telling us about the electoral process and just having some fun chat. But that's my friend Brian Barrio. He's not really one for the social media promotion and whatnot. I think he has a Twitter that he hasn't used in four years, so I won't give the address. But I'll give it for uh, my main guys at Will Sterling underscore yes on Twitter and Facebook at Jeff Duray on Twitter and Facebook at Christian DMZ on Twitter and Facebook. No, I don't want people Facebooking me. Oh, I meant uh, Instagram. Yeah. That's actually what I meant. Well, Facebook is Facebook. Private. What was it that I said in What's the movie theater so that I could sound like an old man? Uh, I was just like... You just combined all of them. I combined all of them. I was just like... Yeah, I remember they, what it was. They had to run... Oh, the stupid millennials had to run out of the theater to send a tweetogram. <laughs> they had to... They had to... <laughs> more, f- more, more than the parody of like you being like, well, now that I'm 40, I make old people jokes. Yeah. This is how much it makes you laugh. It really made me laugh that I said it. I was like... 
<laughs> you know, they 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 just have to face find that. No, it's just you just combine it's them. Good. It's yeah, good. It's fine. I'm glad you you you're making these jokes. But you know what? <laughs> Somebody has to be glad. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing is that we haven't had anything to drink tonight. We're here I know. at almost midnight. Not even like a beer. We're drinking delirium. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a beer. Alcohol, I know yeah. it is a like, beer. That it doesn't is. work. Got so, in any it. case, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to go to blackcast.com and we will see you next time on the Blackcast. <laughs> is this Saran wrap? Thank you.